0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 624 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Totalsaddlefit.com. On today's show, we will be joined by Lacey Jinks from USDF with reminders about nationals. Then we have the privilege of interviewing Canadian team rider, Lindsay Kellogg, We also share some thoughts on horse retirement. And to close the show, Alice Tarjan has a great trainer tip.
2: This is Reese Coppler stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky.
1: And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to The Dressage Radio Show.
2: Well, hello, Phil.
1: Hi, Reese. I think uh, everybody should know we have a special guest joining us tonight.
2: I know. Drum roll. We're really excited. (laughs) Glenn Hebert. Glenn, you haven't stopped by in a long time to visit us
0: there there you go (laughs) hey guys i know i haven't been around to dressage world for a while we really do miss you you so did you get bored or (laughs) what did did we do wrong i'm not answering that question i'm
1: really not (laughs) answering the fifth i guess you can do that in america yeah yes (laughs) Yes, it's a big
0: american thing (laughs) happy canada day phil
1: Happy Canada Day. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of a holiday here and the weather's beautiful.
0: So, now Do you guys have fireworks stands at every corner and you uh, scare every animal within 12 miles of every square block of Canada yeah, too? Uh, uh,
1: that's kind of a thing as well. Yeah. We, we, we <laughs> borrowed that nasty uh, celebration thing from, I guess it's from you guys. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We probably got it from the British. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul, it's coming back to the British. <laughs> so, guys, I just have a couple of announcements to make. Uh, one of them involves Reese and one of them involves our, our tremendous sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products. Um, so, we are doing, Jennifer and I are heading out on what we're calling the HRN Roadshow at July 31st. We're going out for five weeks. We're going to hit 14 states and it's basically a listener tour. So, we're going to be staying at Listener Farms and we're going to be doing meetups all along the way i think there's a total of 12 meetups planned so i just wanted to mention that and we would love to meet you uh reese is going to be in one at one of them so we'll talk about that one specifically but you can go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the roadshow banner and it shows you where all the meetups are going to be and you can rsvp there's facebook uh, event pages for everyone that gives all the details but we're basically going to be heading from alabama to tennessee where we're doing a concert with templeton thompson and we're going to broadcast that live. So if people can't make it in person, we'll put it out to all the Facebook pages so you can watch that at home as well. And then we're going to head up to Lexington. To see- we're going to be staying at Reese's, in Reese's uh, driveway, basically. Yeah, um, exactly.
2: <laughs> I, have, I have a hookup. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) I know. I'm so excited. So, yeah, we're going to be bringing the RV and and parking it at Listener's Farms, and we're going to be staying at Reese's, and we're doing a meetup in Lexington for everybody that's in the Lexington area. It's going to be August the 7th, and we're doing it at the Kentucky Horse Park. So, the Carriage Association of America has offered us to use their offices. So, we're going to be doing that. We're going to have a barbecue. Food will be provided. Bring your own bottle. And we're just going to be hanging out and having a lot of fun. And then uh, Karen from Kentucky Performance Products will be there. And we're going to hang around for the weekend. Reese, I'm going to get rid of us too quickly. And oh, I, spe- I love it. A special guest is coming in, Jamie Jennings. We're flying her in. Uh, so, from Horses in the Morning, she's my co host. She'll be there for the weekend as well. And we're going to hit up Thoroughbred Farms. We're gonna go drink some bourbon, you know, all kinds of fun stuff.
1: Those are my favorite things. I, oh, I'm so sad that I can't I, that I can't fly in.
2: Well, maybe the border will open, Phil.
1: Maybe the border will open. Maybe. One of these days,
0: they'll let you out of it. Someday, <laughs> yeah.
2: you have to be able to come visit us because that would be so fun. In normal normal circumstances, you would have come. We'd love it when Phil comes, too. And we could have like a whole Phil's so camper. ready to
0: get out, he would go anywhere.
2: Yeah, he would walk. <laughs> <laughs> he does like to come visit, though, I think.
0: Well, so, we- yeah, and then we're going to head up to Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, uh, North Carolina. We're we're this is a total thirty two hundred miles. We're going to be doing over five weeks, and we're either going to be killing each other by the end, or it'll just be a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be one of the two. Um, I think it's going to be no, nothing so in, much in between. Fun. Yeah, one of the well, two. Well, you know, we said we our motto for this is it's either going to be fun, it's going to be a disaster, or it'll be disastrously fun, and uh, <laughs> I know that the listeners are rooting for the third. So yeah, I think I am too. I'm definitely <laughs> option three. so that's the one thing you can find out all the details as i said that'll be all through the month of august Uh, we i listeners and auditors will be getting together and we'd just be glad to meet everybody and uh anybody that comes out and if this goes well the plan is next year to go west of the mississippi for two months and hit the west of the united states so uh that's why we bought the rv and i've always wanted to do this so this was the year we got our shots we're ready to go
2: I love it. Well, we can't wait to have you know have you here and to see everybody in the Lexington area. It's gonna be lots of fun. And uh, I'm sure there'll be a little bit of partying at Maple Crest Farm potentially with the bourbon we try. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I know
0: your husband keeps a stash around. So.
2: Yes, we have we have a stash. We we, we we you're you're set here at the farm, don't you worry. We'll probably do a tasting. Trav could my husband is a bourbon aficionado and could run a tasting himself, so I think that's probably going to happen. But we really can't wait, Glenn. And so Phil, I, I'm seriously, the
0: if they open the border, you are more than welcome to come. He's I, coming. I will say that there's not extra room in our little camper for you. <laughs> no, I'm sorry,
1: that's, uh, that's okay. There's lots of hotels. Yeah.
0: Hey, one other thing. We're going to be doing our show, Horses in the Morning, that Monday that we're there. We're going to be doing it from Kentucky Performance Products from the offices in the warehouse there. And uh, they have something special going on right now, and they wanted me to mention it right now through July 31st, they're doing a contest that they want you to write in and answer some simple questions, and they are, why have you chosen Kentucky Performance Products over other brands, and how has Kentucky Performance Product Supplements helped your horse? I know a lot of you use KPP products, and basically you just say how they've helped your horse, put it in there, and we're going to pick a winner at the end of the month, and the winner is going to get 20% off and free shipping for one year on all kentucky wow. performance product supplements It wow. oh does not include gosh. equi-jewel jewel must come in gold lined boxes or something um <laughs> so so uh but th- it also is going to include prizes custom leather halter a turbo dry sheet and a whole bunch of other prizes as well so that runs through the end of July. You go to kppusa.com and you'll see the banner right there. You can click on it and just fill out the form and tell them why you love using their products and you could be a winner. So I wanted to mention that as well.
2: How cool. I love it. And and life-changing products for my horses. And that's, that is not a joke. We have several, we have lots of fun stories that we can tell and uh, fantastic products. And uh, we, that's why my horses look so pretty and shiny and healthy. So KPP is an amazing company. Is that why you
0: keep winning stuff?
2: Well, it certainly helps. Let me tell you. <laughs> it does. The, yeah. It's all about it has the team. Nothing it's all about do the horse. to Reese's nutrition.
0: ability to ride or anything. Well, it's all KPP. It's all of it, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, and what I love about KPP and, and Karen over there is is I, I have questions all the time on horses and she's so generous with her time and she will really take time to help you figure out, you know, I've had some horses with some kind of funny issues. And she has, she's amazing. Like I'll call her, I'll, I'll tell her the problem. And then within a day she calls me back and she's like, so I did all this extra research. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. So, but that's just not for me. She does that for everybody. And it's, it's incredible.
0: She's the title sponsor of our trip. She's sponsoring the road show. And this is a woman who has sponsored us for 12 years through Kentucky performance since we started yeah. and has been our biggest sponsor all those years. And she has volunteered to drive Jamie around all weekend. So she's Ubering as well as sponsoring us. So <laughs> that's the kind of person she is, though. Yeah, you know? That's the kind of person uh, she is. Now we do have other sponsors I do want to mention for the road show. Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls and licky things. Uh, awesome. Uncle- <laughs> yes. That's only only so I can do the commercials. Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And Horselovers.com and Equity Manure Forks are all all sponsors for the trip, and we really appreciate their support, too. So here it is. As far as we know, we are the first podcasting network to ever do something like this where we're staying at listener places. Other people have done tours where they go out and stay in hotels and that kind of thing, but nobody's ever stayed at the farms. We did a little test tour in Aiken and Southern Pines. We did a week and had a fabulous time. And what we found out is people treated us like royalty and fed us really well. We're going to gain 50 pounds on this trip. (laughs) So it was fantastic. And Aiken and Southern Pines are worth visiting, too. What great little places they are. Absolutely. Have fun. Oh, I love it. Well,
2: I can't wait. I can't wait for you guys to stop with us. It's going to be really
0: fun. I have one dressage story from our test trip. I'll tell you real quick. So we stayed at a place in Aiken and it was, uh, her name is Chris and she's a dressage lady and it's a beautiful farm. I mean, just gorgeous. And we were parked right in front of the rose bushes, right in front of the fancy barn with the big uh, dressage horses that were huge. And in front of us was her arena. And this arena was so fancy that the letter were lit at night wow that's cool <laughs> i've never i want to
2: see a picture before. of that
0: i have never seen the letters lit i don't know dressage arena at night before have you
2: ever seen that, that? no that's, that's really cool, cool. <laughs> that's beautiful so, i want to see the pictures that's a great idea
0: I so reese there you can aspire to that someday i can i can't
2: i, I don't know I, I mean i only have an indoor so that would be weird
0: yeah, that would be just glow. You
2: know, just glow. I would be <laughs> yeah. like, "What did I turn did Not turn off a light? What, what's happening in there?" Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. exactly. <laughs> but that was a unique thing we found in the Tucson cool. world while in Aiken.
2: Okay, that's really cool.
0: Love it. Well, thanks All guys right. for letting me stop by. I appreciate.
2: Well, it. Well, we can't. Well, thanks for for uh, stopping by. And we can't wait for you to actually literally stop by our our driveway yes. here
0: shortly. It's been a while. I miss you. I know we miss you too. We can't. And wait to Phil. Do that. I think they're going to let you out this month. July 21st. I think they're going to Oh, gonna let you Phil!
1: Out. That's the word. Yeah, July 21st. You are Now we're going to
0: talk you. off air, Phil. You're coming. <laughs> Everybody You're from coming. Canada is going to flood into United States. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's well, we'll so be happy true. to see you, too, if you decide to show up.
2: Well, Phil, we have a great show today. Right after this commercial break, we're going to come back with Lacey Jenks from USDF. Founded in 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the
3: largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org, your online destination for dressage.
2: Well, tonight for our USDF segment, we are so happy to have Lacey Jinx. She is senior coordinator in charge of regional championships. Lacey, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. Happy to be here. Well, I have a feeling a lot of people right now are working hard to get qualified for all of their regionals and their respective regions. So we wanted to start talking about, you know, as we're qualifying and if you're thinking about going to nationals, we'll just start, what should our riders and competitors be doing
4: right now? Yeah, absolutely. If competitors have interest in attending the U.S. Dressage Finals. If they qualify at regionals through either placings or getting a wild card score, they should go on the U.S. Dressage Finals website. It's usdressagefinals.com and submit a declaration, declaration of intent to compete, which doesn't cost anything. And declarations are now open and basically just say what classes they would be interested in you're trying to qualify for and that kind of puts them in the computer system as if they qualify to attend as wanting to attend and that has to be done before the regional championship competition starts so i suggest if riders have any potential interest at all to go ahead and submit that declaration it doesn't cost them anything and it gets it done before you know, the championship craziness.
2: I love it. So Lacey, just because um, literally I'm going to do it right when we
4: finish this call, where do I find <laughs> said declaration? Yeah. So you can access it two ways. You can go to the usdf.org website, go under competitions and click on U.S. Dressage Finals. There's a link which will take you to the main U.S. Dressage Finals page and then click on there's the Competitors tab at the very top with a blue bar that says Declare and Nominate. Or you can just go directly to the usdressagefinals.com website, go to Competitors, and get to it that exact same way. I love it. And They're there's also literally, a link. Yeah, five minutes from now. There's also a link to the prize list as well. So if competitors want to go ahead and, and review the classes offered they can do that as well.
2: Oh, I love it. Okay, so that is fantastic. That's one of the things now that everybody should be doing. And mm-hmm. then obviously getting qualified for regionals, which is coming up, right? I mean, the the, the deadline's not yet, but it, it's coming up, correct, for most regions in early, early fall, late summer?
4: Yep, yep. Many regions are probably in full swing of the show season. So our first kind of qualifying season deadline is middle of August and that's for region five. So absolutely. It's, it's getting close. It seems crazy that competition season is already kind of getting towards the middle and winding down, but, but yeah. Yeah. It's crazy.
2: (laughs) I know. So tell us a little bit about what's going to be different this year at the nationals.
4: Absolutely. So this year is the first year that the U.S. Dressage Finals will have national level. So that's training through fourth level classes for junior young riders, which is very exciting. And then also we will have since the 2020 U.S. Dressage Finals was unfortunately canceled, riders from 2020 that were qualified based on regional championships last year we'll be able to nominate to come to the 2021 finals. So that'll be exciting as well. So we'll have riders potentially from both years coming to finals.
2: That is fantastic. I know I'm looking forward to that. So anything that people should be thinking about, you know, if they're coming to to Lexington at that time, is it time to sort of book hotels or what, what are you guys advising everybody for that?
4: It's always a good idea to at least start thinking about hotels. It might be, you know, booking hotels unless taking use of the 2020 carryover nomination process. It might be a little premature just because, you know, everyone won't necessarily qualify, unfortunately, to come to Kentucky. But it's definitely a good thing to start thinking about and planning for. For sure.
2: For sure. Well, I love it. Well, Lacey, is there any other information that we need to get
4: out right now to people about finals? No, I would make I would make sure if the finals is something you're interested in doing, that you're set for regional championship qualifying. So many people get near the end of the qualifying season for their region and find out that they aren't eligible for some reason, be it missing you know, one of the memberships they need or thinking they had the right number of scores, but one of the, you know, qualifying scores wasn't high enough. So, just make sure as soon as you think you have everything in line and have all your scores, you know, check USDF scores, check the qualified ride list, make sure you actually are qualified, and then we could start moving on towards the regional competition and then thinking about your stresage finals as well. So that would be kind of, that's kind of what I recommend everybody to do.
2: I, I love it. And I think that's really important. So, you know, I actually did that a couple of weeks ago cause we were doing some entries and i I was pretty sure all my horses were qualified, but I, I, just double checked. I, I couldn't find mm-hmm. it. I sent an email to the office. I, I got a confirmation. so it was great because it really made me feel like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to move forward. So I think that's always great. And, and you guys are at the office and how can our listeners find you if they have any more questions?
4: Yeah, any regional championship or US dressage final qualifying type questions, they can either call my direct line, which is eight five nine two seven one seven eight eight six or shoot me an email at ljinks at usds.org.
2: Fantastic. Well thank you so much and we look forward to seeing you at finals. Absolutely. Thank
4: you very much.
0: This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
5: Have you heard of Saccharomyces boulardii? It's a yeast, a type of probiotic. Often referred to as S. boulardii, it benefits your horse's digestive tract in several different ways. One unique property of S. is that it supports the stimulation of something called brush broader membrane enzymes that are found in the intestinal lining. These enzymes help your horse digest starches and sugars in the small intestine. When the sugars and starches are more completely digested, fewer of them escape into the hind gut where they can ferment and cause imbalances that lead to colic, diarrhea, and laminitis. Saccharomyces boulardii is found in Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products. Nalox Advanced contains a blend of yeast, fermentation solubles, and stomach buffers. These ingredients work together to maintain your horse's digestive tract and peak condition. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of all ages and stages and is fed on a daily basis.
2: Well, tonight we are so excited to have Lindsay Kellogg. She is on her way to the Olympics in Tokyo with Sebastian, and this is actually going to be her first Olympic Games riding, but she groomed at the Beijing Olympics for Jackie Brooks and at the London Olympics for Ashley Holzer, and so now she gets her opportunity on the international stage in Tokyo. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's just, I, it's, I have goosebumps for you. And so I we want to hear all the things and what you're, you, what you're doing and what you're planning. But first tell us a little bit about yourself and your horse, Sebastian.
6: So yeah, my name is Lindsay Kellogg and I've been riding dressage. Uh, I think probably since I was 12, I came into dressage because my mom is a dressage rider. And she's the one who gave me the bug. And yeah, I've just come up the level, starting in pony camp and then going up through, you know, schooling shows, did a little bit of jumping, a little bit of eventing. And then my mom's actually best friend happens to be Ashley Holzer, who's my coach and mentor uh, trainer for the last 10, 11 years. And so that's how I got to be with Ashley. And yeah, and again, I'm grateful to my mom who really started me out in dressage because shes that's why I have such a love for it. And yeah, what else? Sebastian. So Sebastian is a 15-year-old Rhinelander gelding. He's owned by Melissa Schiff of Enterprise Farm Equestrian. And I've been partnered with him now for almost five years in October. What a horse. I've never sat on a horse with the amount of talent that he has. I mean, he goes in the ring and he just loves to show. He loves to show off. That being said, I would say he's probably been my most challenging horse to date. He he has his opinions and he's really taught me about patience and training. And he's not a horse that I can really just say, okay, you're doing this now. He's he's not a pushover he makes me work for it. And, and it's very rewarding in the end when he can go in the ring and, and perform as well as he does, because the road to get there has not been super easy. So that's kind of a little bit of a recap on him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I just like to ask you, like, where did you grow up? Because you, you are Canadian, but you don't, I don't think you live in Canada now. So, just talk to us a little bit about your your shifts in location during your uh, during your journey.
6: Yeah. So I grew up in Toronto, Canada, and then I was I think I I graduated high school and I decided I was actually going to take a year off riding and go to university. So I took the year off riding, went to university decided after a year that I still had the bug for the horses and training and that wasn't going to be my path and I left school and my parents said okay well now you're going to have to figure out how to make a living and going to support this habit of yours anymore. So they said you know you have to find an alternative and figure out where you're going to go and I was up until that point I was training with Jackie Brooks but I didn't have a horse at the time my junior horse had been retired and my parents just obviously it said you know you're either going to go to school or you're going to have to work so that's when I gave Ashley Holder a call and I said hi I'm looking for a working student position would you have me and she was in New York at the time and she's like yeah I'd love to have you so I went to New York and that was in 2008 and I haven't left since. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The plan was to take a year off school and like see where it went. And I ended up managing Ashley's barn for seven or so years, um, became her assistant trainer, worked my way up in her barn and went out on my own. I think about four years ago.
2: Fantastic. So are you still in New York? Yeah. I'm in New York now. Yeah.
6: Yeah. So I'm actually in New York and Connecticut and in both areas, but I based out of Wilton, Connecticut. And then I have clients who own farms in Greenwich, Connecticut and in North Salem. So that's where I'm based now.
2: Fantastic. And then you're in Wellington in the yeah. winter, right? Yeah.
6: And I'm in Wellington in the winter.
2: Yeah. I love it. So let's shift yes, a little right. bit. Yeah to what's going to happen. I mean I I'm I'm fascinated. So it, that's the fun part about getting to ask you a question. So we're talking uh it's Thursday July 1st is when we're talking yeah. and so tell us now what happens with you and Sebastian like wh- you guys just got named and
4: and yeah. so kind of
2: fill us all in what's happening now.
4: Okay,
6: so now we so we fly tomorrow like I mentioned earlier. Sebastian flies to Liege. Belgium and he will be on the flight until, yeah. So he leaves at 1 p.m. tomorrow and then he arrives probably in the morning on the 3rd and then he will ship to the Aachen showgrounds, which is where our pre quarantine training camp is. So we're there until the 15th and I'll be there with the rest of my teammates and we'll be training there. And then the horses leave to go to Tokyo on the 15th. So it's it's a short time, I guess, to be in Europe. But it's a requirement by the Japanese government that the horses must quarantine at least seven days before the flight. So that's why we're all meeting in Aachen. And I think it's going to be exciting because it's not only the Canadian team there. It's it's all of the teams. So it's the U.S. team and all of the European teams,
1: which is pretty cool. That we all That is be cool. Together. Kind of like a, a, pre, yeah. a pre-Olympics Olympics. The
6: Pre-Olympics! It is. Yeah. I think, I think the only team that's not going to be there is a uh, uh, GB team. They're going to stay in the UK, but the rest of, you know, the Germans will be there. The Dutch will be there. So I'm hoping, you know, we'll be able to have some visibility into, you know, their training
2: sessions and learn from that. I think that'll be great. So I'm excited oh, if, to be in a fly in the wall there. I'm just saying, you know, just yeah, doing, I mean, you just be able to watch how COVID. fun. Yeah. And with COVID, there's, <laughs> There's really strict rules
6: and guidelines for us. So we're not allowed to go to restaurants or really be anywhere but the venue and our hotel. So that's, you know, that's going to be a different experience for sure. But take it as it comes. Do our best.
1: So I assume that Ashley is going to be with you. And I just wanted to give her kind of a shout out because she is the personal coach of the the, the entire Canadian (laughs) team. The entire Canadian team. (laughs) including the reserves. Yeah. You know, so that's sort of special to, you know, you're kind of with your friends or people that you know, that even, you know. It's so, so yeah, special. Talk about that. Ashley's, yeah.
6: yeah, Ashley's incredible. I mean, I think we have a very unique team because, you know, Brittany and Chris and I have been best friends for a very long time. And I actually was the one. So Brittany came to me probably, Yeah, like eight years ago, right when I was working for Ashley and said, Oh, do you think that you could get me in? And we were good friends at the time. And Ashley is very hard to get into her barn. And I'm like, I'll do my best. Like, okay, you should probably email her at this time. And then she might say yes. And I'll put in a good word
0: and catch her in a good mood. Is that what you're talking about?
6: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it was a lot of like manipulating behind the scenes for To get Brit in because I wanted Brit to move to New York and be, you know, it was like for selfish reasons. I was like, this would be awesome if my best friend could come and live in New York with us. And and then turns out Ash took her on and took her and all in on. And yeah, we've we've been together really ever since in Ashley's barn. So it's just
4: really amazing
6: that we can both come up the levels together and and now go to the Olympics together and same thing with Chris you know Chris has been training with Ashley also for a very very long time and we're all good family friends and just one big one big family so it it's special it's a really special team in that sense
2: that is really special and I saw on Facebook there maybe was a little surprise party that just happened yeah so I had no idea <laughs>
6: But On Saturday, I, yeah, there was a surprise party for the Olympics and my boyfriend planned the whole thing amongst many friends who helped out. And it was really special because my mom was able to be here and my cousins and my sister, and I hadn't seen them since January because COVID they couldn't, I actually see my sister, but I hadn't seen my mom and she had been back home in toronto and was not able to come to wellington and normally she's living she lives in wellington with me during the season as big support so as soon i how it ended up was that my we were driving up it happened at the farm and we were driving up the driveway of the farm because uh, my boyfriend, who actually works there as well, said he had to check on something. So I'm driving up the driveway and I just see probably like 40, 50 people out there on the driveway with Canadian flags and screaming and yelling. I was just like completely shocked. And my mom was there and that was like Aww. really, really awesome to see her. So, yeah, it was it's was just incredible. And then Brittany showed up. She was supposed to come the following day with all in but I guess they had planned for her to show up that night. So I didn't know Brittany was coming that night to the party and she just ran <laughs> in and I saw her and I was like, Oh my God, this is so wild. <laughs> yeah. It was really fun.
2: I love it. And then wh- what have you been doing with Sebastian sort of after qualifying and, and all wh- what's been the plan with him sort of getting ready to, to leave for quarantine.
6: Yeah, so we had a, it was a definitely a tough qualification period, very long. You know, he was competing from January through till end of April, a lot of shows. So after that, I gave him a break. I probably gave him about a month, not completely off, but just hacking and really, really light work. He also goes on the water treadmill to keep his cardiovascular fitness up. So that's been really great to just have him just supplement his training with that and not have to work him hard every day. So I would say I started to really pick him up again in June slowly. And then we worked our way up, worked his fitness back up and I've been taking lessons from Ashley once or twice a week on the Pixio camera. She's not here. So that's been really helpful. And yeah, I think it's all about, you know, managing his fitness level, but not peaking too early. And so Right now, I would say he's he's fit, but he's the most fit probably now. And then once he travels, we'll bring him back down again. We'll start to work him a little bit harder once he gets acclimatized in Tokyo. So, it, you know, it's just balancing his fitness and his comfort level through all of it. Right. But that's sort of what we've been doing. Right I love now.
2: it. Well, that's the challenge, isn't it? I mean, I think the travel for everybody is going to be so difficult. You know, it's a long, it's long to travel to Europe. And then the, the flight to Tokyo, I'm sure is really long as well. So it's just, yeah. like you said, it's a lot of travel now. So now you guys have to kind of manage that. And that's, that's really a, for sure, a challenge. Exactly. It?
6: it is. And like the one great thing is that these horses, is they know their jobs, you know, you don't need to be on them every day riding, you know, the movements all the time. It's just how do you keep them happy and fit, you know, that they are prepared to go into Tokyo where it's like 95% humidity and they, they can handle that. So, yeah, I think it's going to be, a, we'll see, right. How, how all of the horses do, but yeah. I'm confident he'll be, he'll be okay.
2: Oh, well, we are going to be cheering you on like crazy, all of Team Canada. (laughs) We are going to be cheering you guys on. We're so excited for you. And how can our listeners follow you, find you online? Yeah, so my Instagram name is, I think it's Lindsay Kellogg.
6: I do have a website, but it's still under construction. So that's going to be coming up probably in the next month or two. And that's Lindsay Kellogg dot com i also have a facebook page and yeah of course a uh, big shout out to my a couple of my sponsors ogilvy equestrian He spon- they sponsor me with that and they're just the most beautiful pads i would recommend them to anyone they're really breathable they're easy to wash they last long um and that's great supportive sponsor is sam shield my helmet sponsor beautiful helmets. you can get them in all different varieties match your boots they're just they're great. Purina Feed Company has been a really big support. They're supplying Sebastian with all of his food to go to Tokyo. So that's extremely helpful. You know, of course, I always want to make note of a big thank you to Ashley Holzer for getting me here and for being a huge part of my career. She's so important to me and to all of us on the team and just the hours and the dedication and just her positive approach to training. It's just, been really influential for for everyone I, I know I can speak for everybody there so yeah and I'm just I'm excited and I'm excited to share the journey with everybody I know I posted something today on my uh Instagram that I'm gonna do my best to you know keep everyone involved and just see what happens behind the scenes so I'm excited I definitely give me a follow on Instagram for that
2: I'm going to be following you. I can't wait. It's so, <laughs> awesome. it's going to be so fun to watch you guys all go through. And I've been watching yeah. the Facebook posts, so I'm really looking forward to it. And we wish you all the best and can't wait to stay in thank touch. Thank you. Thanks
1: Happy so much. Canada talking to you
2: guys. Happy Canada Thanks. day. Happy Canada day. Yeah.
3: Thank you. We're the healthy critters crew. I'm Tigger. I'm Patty. And I'm coach Jen. If you're a horse lover, dog lover,
6: cat lover, llama lover, chicken lover, parrot lover, paw and hooves and feathers lover, Healthy Critters is for you. We have fascinating guests, nutrition tips, information on various critters, and the only talking Pomeranian dog on the radio. Hello, everyone. Join us for our bi-monthly laughter-filled romps on HRN.
2: Brought to you by Biostar U.S. Well, Phil, we have gotten several of these questions, so we thought we would jump in the show and and do some thoughts about sort of goals for retired horses. We've had several emails about this, and and you and I both have some thoughts about sort of retiring horses and some stories. So, you want me to to, to talk, tell my stories? Yeah, no, ju- jump
1: jump right in, and I'll, and I'll I'll follow it up, and uh, and we'll see if we can help people out with this. Yeah. With this question.
2: Yeah, so for sure. So I'm very lucky to own a farm and I have had a few horses that I have had the pleasure of retiring. I still have my Grand Prix mare. Her name was Jamaica and we call her Meepy Meep. And I actually have owned Meep. Oh my goodness. It's been about 20 years that I've owned her and uh, we've been through lots of life together. And I think she's a very, very special horse to me. She's now 30 years old, which is crazy. She just had her 30th birthday and uh, she's still with us here at the farm and very much a part of our day here. Let me tell you, you will not be late for afternoon feeding if Meep has anything to do with it, but kind of how she's sort of come into retirement. She was a competition horse that competed her Grand Prix. She won actually some really good Grand Prix. And then she transitioned for a couple years. She actually had an injury and she transitioned to being a brood mare for me. So she had two babies, two mares, both of which have been very, very successful. One of her mares is an FEI horse, and her actually both mares are FEI horses now. And her one mare, I sold to a very good friend of mine close. So she's won the US national finals. And that was just thrilling to see her do that. And and then after she had a few foals, we transitioned her back into riding and she very much took a role of being kind of a, a, a lesson horse slash working student horse. So the girls got some really, really, really good miles on her. Again, she was kind of late teens, early twenties at that time, probably early twenties actually. And, um, she loved that job for a while and she had some, some, a little bit more advanced students. And then she transitioned to some adult amateur students that were not as confident. And then one day I could just kind of tell, like, she just kind of told me that she was not thinking this was fun anymore. And I always told, you know, I always said to her, if there were ever a time that she didn't want to go to work anymore, I would respect that. So right around the, that time, my niece was a, a little itty bitty. And so my niece actually rode her. It terrified my mom, but I, I knew me was such a gentle soul and such a good girl. So my niece was, oh my goodness, she was probably four and she would brush her. With supervision, of course, and she rode her, and she gave her some really good confidence. Actually, she even started to do a little trot. Kind of, we were my sister and I were both with her, and then one day Meep just said, "I don't want to do this at all anymore." And my sister was actually um, tacking her up on that day, and she just you know sent me a text and said, "Yeah, Meep's ready for full retirement." So since then, she's on full retirement. She has her best friend uh, as a little Frisian mare who she's out with and we bring her in. She's in the main barn. Actually, I just love her company. I love seeing her. I love giving her treats. I, I, she always gets brushed every day. So we're really lucky that I have the stuff and the time. And quite frankly, I, I just enjoy her company. So I give her treats every day and just give her loving. And, and, uh, she's happily retired. She's out in a field. Um, in in the evening and definitely I can see now, you know, we monitor her health. And then I'm also very lucky that when I'm in Florida, my sister owns, and this is kind of part of the conversation, a farm in Kentucky. And there are several farms here in Kentucky that where people are starting to have retirement horses. So that's what my sister does, actually. That's her farm. She takes care of retired horses. They go and live at her farm. And she's so kind because she always leaves a space for Meep in the winter. So Meep always has a place to go. And of course, then I know my sister's managing her and, and watching her health. And my niece still brushes her and loves on her. She she has a lot of glitter on her all all the time and whatever. <laughs> it's fun. I don't think me likes the glitter as much as Addison does, but that's been, it's just been fun to to have her as part of our life, but it is a commitment. It is a financial commitment that I think as you have horses age, you have to be ready for that financial commitment. Um, like I said, very lucky that my sister, I still pay board actually at my sister's, but I have a place that she can go and be safe. So I think that's, the biggest thing I, I she doesn't have any shoes on, but she is trimmed and and gets her teeth done and and sort of all the basic care. So that's been my story with her and i've I've loved it and I, I hope she's with us for many, many more years. But we do monitor her health and the vet does uh, does come and see her sometimes and they I watch her in the extreme temperatures. so it was very hot here two days ago. And I really watched her and made sure she had extra electrolytes lights and sort of senior care because she's old, she's 30. And in the winter, she's blanketed, she's fed, she, she just started sort of dropping more weight in the winter. So we watched that. So that's kind of my story with her. And then I did have another FEI horse, actually my my one horse that that I rode internationally, his name was Gooberks Casper. So he is 29 this year and I actually gave him to a friend slash sold him to a friend. She was able to get her gold medal on him, but I knew I couldn't retire both horses. So basically I found him a home. He lives in in Florida and he is absolutely wonderful. He's been the light of his mom's life. And I always go see him once a year when I'm in Ocala and give him, give him apples and love. But he was a horse that I, I knew I couldn't afford to to retire both horses. So I was, I was very careful to make sure he had the right retirement plan. Mm -hmm. And I think with any of these horses, it's important that they have the right retirement plan and you know, um, what's going on with them and what they're doing. So those were kind of my two stories of my recent horses that I've retired. And I've been very pleased and happy that, that both of them continue to live very, very good lives and they're very happy horses. So, um, so those are kind of my stories with horses that I retired. What are you, what's your stories?
1: So you know, I'm just thinking about this and thinking about horses I've had and and other ones or where students have had and and so if you're if if you're riding a little bit of an older horse, you know, it's always something to think about is what is my retirement plan for my horse and whether whether they're high high level trained or just a horse that you've learned on and and you you didn't get up through the levels these horses are very very valuable not in terms of uh, of cash but but in sentiment So, so a lot of people are very reluctant to try to sell them and and it's not something that you have to do but consult your coach or consult your friends or whatever because these horses have a lot of value in teaching new riders or, or getting, getting new people into the sport, there's always a need for reliable, safe horses for for people to learn on. And even though you feel responsible, like you've had your horse a long time and you feel super responsible and you've got that connection, you've got that partnership, it doesn't mean that your horse can't get that from someone else as well. It's just about finding the right place or finding the right situation. Like if you're kind of thinking, okay, I've gone as far as I can go with my horse, what do i do now talk to talk to somebody about it work it mm-hmm. through because you've got that emotional attachment that, and you can still be responsible for the horse in some way like you said in in visiting your horse or or really finding the right home and 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 i'm sure that if for whatever reason that person comes back to you and said my my life circumstances have changed i need to help help find someone else for him her for that horse I'm sure you would jump in and 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 be there for it just because you don't see them every day you, you of course you're going to feel responsible so try to find a situation in which your horse can help someone else on on their dressage journey is what I'm saying like it's not it's not that you have to be daily involved with their lives forever and yeah. and then they can have a new journey with a different rider with just as much love and the best care and all of that. I just find that there's not there's not enough good teachers around. Right. I'm constantly looking for for those situations with with great with great clients and great people who are ready for maybe their first horse or ready to learn things and and there just isn't that there just aren't those horses around to take care of people and yeah. and if if you if you have one may, maybe you should think about that as as uh, as a situation in their Later life,
2: well, and that's kind of why I shared the story of sort of Meep stepping down in her life. You know, I kind of listened to her at each stage, and I mean, she had countless stu- students that loved riding her. She wasn't really able anymore to do compete internationally and and really go for the Grand Prix. But oh my gosh, she was an amazing teacher for her riders, and I'm so glad I was able to share her. And I do think people maybe you know, and again, it's not retiring too early. I think every situation is, is unique, but that idea of thinking about what can your horse offer for, maybe it, you know, it's not competing pre-St. George anymore or higher levels, but like you said, there's so many people that need teachers out there. And I don't think, and, and Phil, you may have got me on a soapbox, but we don't lease horses very often in dressage and the hunter jumpers do it all the time, and I think there is something to be said about leasing a horse for someone. Maybe you know you're not ready to sell or don't want to sell that horse, but just leasing it to someone can be a, such a great option. And then they're not literally put out the pasture; they have time to to teach another person. So it's really a cool thing. So there's lots of options, and I think every horse is unique. I think it's probably like retiring when you get ready to retire you're in your job you know how how you're going to do it everybody's a little bit different and i think it's the same with horses and but i agree i think horses should really you should they should always enjoy and and enjoy their job and enjoy their people and sometimes it's hard sometimes to let go of that dream like it was hard for me to mentally say she doesn't want to compete grand prix anymore but the good thing is as a mare, she was like, I don't want to like peak romping anymore. I'm done. <laughs> okay. And I was like, okay, okay. Memo received. But she then went to a working student and she just, I mean, loved the pre St. George. She was like, this is amazing. And uh, so I think that's where it comes into really listening to your horse and, and seeing what they want to do and how they want to do it. So I love it. And if have, you have any stories you want to share with us, please do. And like I said, there are people now that just have retirement homes for for your favorite horses, horsey friends. And they can be great places. So we hope that helps for our listeners that send us um, questions. And again, feel free always to send us emails and shout outs and Facebook because we're always happy to answer any questions that you have. And we enjoy that part of our job. So thank you.
1: Well, Arise, for anybody that follows me on Facebook, they probably saw that I got my latest order from Total Saddle Fit. You know, I had some things that I needed to get as we are getting ready to go to our first horse show of the year, you know? So, uh, you know, I got a couple of new liners and I got another set of Stability Stirrup Leathers. Um, Just great products. And I wanted to make sure that I can show them off at at the show for uh, Total Saddle Fit.
2: I love it. I mean, it's true. We really use these products. We really... Love them. We have used them and abused them, and uh, we really thank Justin for being such a great sponsor of our show. But truly, these are products that are fantastic, and we use them every day. And we love how durable they are, how affordable they are, and they really, really last long. Like you've had that those liners for a a long time.
1: Yeah, I think it it must be three or four years, and then I finally said, you know. I I wanna I wanna represent the products well at the horse shows and so I just I I replaced them and uh and, and it's not that anything really happened to the other ones. It's just uh you know, they got they got used, they got worn, yeah, you know. So yeah, time. Yeah, it was time.
2: I love it. Well, as always, totalsaddlefit.com is the place to go. Fantastic products, and we always love it when you share pictures and tag us. We we uh we get a kick out of it. So Thanks to Total Saddle Fit for all their support and their fantastic products.
0: This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief Girl at totalsaddlefit.com.
2: Well, tonight I'm so happy for our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week to have Alice Tarjan on the line. Alice, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we are so excited to have you discuss. You've got a great thing because you're very successful training young horses and international Grand Prix horses all the way up. So what is our trainer tip of the week? It would be to praise horses
3: for effort and ideas rather than for actual things. So for instance, if you want to take the pee off, it starts with barely looking like anything where you just want your horse to jig a little bit and anything towards that idea, I would praise, even though it's going to take a while before it actually looks like a off per se. So I'm very careful to, if the horse gives me effort, I'll praise it. And as long as the horse is thinking in the right direction, I'll praise that too. Even if it's not actually getting to the ultimate, whatever it's going to look like, whether it's a flying change or a pirouette or a off quite yet.
5: Well, and
2: I love this tip because I think all of us, you know, I've certainly done it. You know, it's not exactly in my mind what I I want. Maybe it's not a P.F. instead of thinking about development. Right. And that's what I think is so important that you think about as you're doing this is how is the horse developing? Are they thinking the way you want them to think? Right. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm taking from this. And as a good reminder as well. Yes,
3: for sure. I like, again, yeah, yeah, for sure. I definitely, I try to praise the horses for, for thinking the right ideas. And for giving me effort for trying, even if they try and they give me the wrong thing, I sometimes I'll praise that, too, just because I want them to feel like they can make as many mistakes as they want. That's okay, But they just have to try to play the game.
1: Yeah. You know, when I'm training horses or or trying to help people train their own horses, I kind of I, I start to think about, you know, what are the ingredients I'm trying to instill in the horse's training? You know, you guys were talking about Piaf and, and that's great, but even all the way down to a leg yield, you know, where you think, what's what's the simple ingredient I need, you know, moving away from the leg? then And then as long as they move away from the leg, even if it's not super lateral with front end and back end and, and it's, you know, it's not a perfect leg yield, but if you're trying to in- introduce a new concept to the horse... Then you have to praise any, you know, anything that's in the direction of, you know, a leg yield, for instance, or a half pass or a travel, you know, even even if you've got a great idea of of what it will be in the future, you you need ingredients first and you need the idea first. And then you can you can add the polish and and the power and and the strength.
3: So like thinking about the leg yield, so like if you put your leg on your horse and it didn't move away from your horse, right? And you ask again and again, you still not get anything. And then you tap it with the whip and maybe it jumps off the whip and goes forward. But at that point, I would still praise the horse because it still did something, even though it didn't even move off the leg laterally, at least it did something off the leg, right? So it's thinking in the right direction. Yeah. So you praise it and then you go back again and say, now could if we can move it a little bit sideways. Yeah. But any kind of effort or idea going towards the right direction for me is more than enough and to take yeah. the
2: pressure off. Well, I think that's
0: absolutely great. so
2: important because I think as riders, we can be pretty laser focused. So you really have to think like that. Like the horse did resp- respond. It wasn't exactly right, but there was a response because I think if you shut them down, then, you know, eventually the horses are like, I, I, don't, I don't know what you want and I don't want to try so I think that that's- no,
3: absolutely. Yeah, I think that, that, that they have to. And, and and again, even if it's a mistake, like you would say, okay, so you tapped the horse and it went forward rather than sideways. And that's not what you're looking for. But it did do something. It made an effort to play the game. And for me, that's all they have to do is put the effort forward. Yeah. That, that's yeah. A, and then it's yeah. a matter of trying to direct the energy and show them which way to put that energy per se. Yes. Yeah? But I think that yeah. people say, well, no, it was still naughty because it didn't move off the leg and I asked it to move sat- sideways. And for me, it's like, no, no, the horse did do something. It just doesn't understand. That's okay. They can make as many mistakes as they need to along those lines. Like, mistakes are fine. I- I'm good with mistakes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. And then you, you, at the end of the day, you get horses that'll fight for you. And they want to, they want to understand what you want. So I think it's in the you're getting rewarded for the effort. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I love it. Well, Alice, thank you. This is a great reminder for all of us, you know, as you're riding every day, like, what am I asking for? And is my horse trying? And you do such a beautiful job with your horses. So thank you so much for your time tonight for our tip. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Phil, one of the kind of our shiny moments with the with the show in the last year during the pandemic is we've been doing a lot of stuff to kind of build community with our listeners, and we appreciate uh, all the feedback and everything we have going. And uh, so, a couple announcements on that side. Uh, remember, we're this is it's coming to a close with this book, but our book club of the month, or it's been ride big, the ultimate goal to building equestrian confidence by John Haim. Great book. I think it's really, as everyone's starting to get back to competition, a really worth your time and really worth the read. And we're going to be doing the review coming shortly. And also remember we are doing, and you have to send us an email, uh, either Reese at Horse Radio Network or Philip at Horse Radio network.com um, about your small business. We were really excited to have Zoe on a few weeks ago and highlight her small business pony sock box. And we would love to highlight your business. So if you have a small business similar to hers, send one of us an email or both. Um, and, uh, we will start highlighting just small businesses around the horse industry. Cause we feel like it's really important for our community. So we like it. That's what we're, we're enjoying all of the things and getting to know everybody. So keep the email and Facebook shout outs coming. The United States Dressage Federation is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org for more information. That's www.usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com.
1: I think the best way to find me is through Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.
2: Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week.